0: Welcome to the Knock Knock Property Podcast, presented by local property experts Ben Dilling. And me, Matt Dixon. Coming to you from Fox's Sales and Lettings, we'll be discussing all things property related, including some local guests from the local area. Anything else? You want to add Not really. Not really? Just like and subscribe? Well, don't. I mean, At, we'll be doing it either way. We'll do it, yeah. But, you know, if they do like it, just tell your mates... Thanks for listening. Should we get on with it? Ah, got Okay, welcome to episode 7 of the Knock Knock Property Podcast. And in this episode, we welcome Matt the Management Guy, or Matt Manager, which is how you can find him on LinkedIn. Matt Manager is a pseudonym, and I'm sure many of you will work out from the video who the real person is behind the alias. For the majority of the episode, we talk about a bad experience with buying and selling a property uh, in the Bournemouth area and how he was £4,000 out of pocket with absolutely nothing to show for it. We highlight some of the pitfalls in the buying and selling process in this country and we discuss possible solutions as to how this could be changed. And We then go on to talk about his initiative which is Matt the Management Guy uh, which can be found at mattmanager.co.uk where he provides business leaders with free guidance and advice on all things management and leadership. Once again, you can find that at www.matmanager.co.uk. We hope you enjoy this episode. And as always, if you can like and share and subscribe, we'd really appreciate it. So it is Wednesday, the 19th of April, it's 20 past eight. And this is episode number seven of the Knock Not Property podcast. And we welcome Matt, the management guy. Hello. Welcome, Matt. How are you doing? Yeah, good, thanks. Thanks it's for good. having me. Yeah, no, thank you for coming on. Um, so you and I go back many, many years, don't Yeah, not Yeah. Um, we are long-term friends and golfing buddies. And rivals. Sometimes. And rivals. You, you do play for the... Um, the area's second most prestigious club so um, debatable so yeah thank you for coming on mate now you've got uh, we've got a few things to talk about with you but obviously being property related podcast mm-hmm. you have um had uh i think it's fair to say a fairly terrible harrowing experience with buying and selling
1: i did or trying to
0: sell and trying to buy yes. so now i hasten to add It wasn't through us. (laughs) No, it wasn't. And it is fair to say Matt, the management guy, has more than one estate agent friend. I have many. Um, There was a very valid reason you didn't choose me. What was the reason? You were on holiday. I was, yeah, 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 and I could accept that, and it's yeah. fine. And I finally got over it. And, <laughs> oh, and I took now, you up. And I know it did. I know I grilled you over a wedding. I think at one point, yeah. night And I, I, I think I offered the rival estates agent, who is also a very close friend of mine. I think I offered him a battle on a bouncy castle. Yeah,
1: that didn't um, happen. To the instructions, yeah. thankfully, it didn't. It didn't actually get to that point. The wives split God. us up. Yeah, I think. Yeah
0: um so and actually you know it, it's yeah mate it, unfortunately when you're buying and selling i've been doing this for over 20 years and it is um it is a night it can be a very difficult experience mm-hmm. i mean don't get me wrong i'm quite glad to be sat here and not have to have gone through that as your agent yeah but you know it does happen and mm-hmm. even to the best of agents things happen so i'm i'm i know you've been having difficulties yeah um but I don't know the full extent of what's happened. Um, So I think it's just really, I mean, what we don't want to do is put people off buying and selling, but at the same time, make people aware of the things that can happen. Yeah. Um, And I think before I let you carry on that the, I mean, my dad was a conveyancing solicitor. Yeah. um, And so, you know, I've had good knowledge. So he's loaded
1: then? No, absolutely not. (laughs) No, I don't
0: know what happened. Um, And I just... Uh, you know, so I know the the, the, the pitfalls and I, yeah. what I always say is I think the legal process in this country is very old fashioned. Yeah. Back to front. Yeah. Whereas, you know, th- we have one of the most buoyant housing markets mm-hmm. in Europe or the world generally yeah. buying and, and, and owning a property for the, us Brits is very a big deal. Yeah. And I I, I, I relay a story from time to time where it ta- it can take in this country matter of weeks to sell a property, but Mm -hmm. then months and months and months for the legal side to go through. Whereas my wife's family in Portugal, they can have their property on the market for two or three years because the market's rubbish. Yeah, And once they agree to sell, within like three or four weeks, they get the money. So talk to me about your experience. How did it start? Where where
1: do you live? Uh, Yeah, so I currently live in Charminster. Mm. And um, yeah, I'll kind of share my sob story, if you like, yeah, beginning to end. I'm not expecting anyone to feel sorry for me, by the way, when I'm talking about this. I know that having spoken to people, there's quite a lot of people who've been through really similar experience to kind of what I and my fiance have. Um, But it is incredibly frustrating. And as you mentioned, it does get you thinking about the process itself. The rules do seem to be like archaic in terms of um, how the process is managed from beginning to end. Yeah. And it does seem like there could be a better way. And there are better ways in different countries from what I understand as well in terms of Scotland and, and Australia and stuff. Yeah. Um, just before I start... I'm, you introduced me as Matt the management guy and mm. people who know me personally are probably thinking that's not his name what on earth is he doing <laughs> Matt the management guy is a pseudonym yeah and that will later on in this episode the reasons for that pseudonym will kind of be explained it in a little bit more I've detail. never had a
0: pseudonym maybe you should I'd get love one. to have one yeah yeah
1: get one just because you can out there live, live like a double life yeah I feel very. I feel like you are living now a double life. I feel very clandestine mm. introducing myself. And when and I saw sorry. that
0: pop up, I know we digressed slightly. <laughs> yeah. on the, the giveaway was the LinkedIn post that you put up, where you'd put in our WhatsApp group that you'd just made a beef Wellington, and then I saw <laughs> Matt, the management guy, yeah. boasting about their beef Wellington yeah. that they'd just cooked for yeah. Mother's Day. Your
1: detective work is strong. Yes. You, you sussed me out straight I away.
0: Put my application into my file. <laughs> yeah so we'll come on to that later yep. hopefully yeah so yep. right tell us more about your sub story then
1: yeah so in august last year uh me and my fiancé decided that we wanted to move house like most people do jumped onto right move started viewing places um at the same time had a conversation with a friend who's a estate agent who's not you um <laughs> uh, about marketing my property and we uh put it up for sale got it on right move started taking a few viewings simultaneously we started viewing a few places um we viewed a place that we really really liked um kind of uh, detached house good location didn't need to do anything to it it was ready to move into all done to a really high spec so where was that that was in muscliffe okay um kind of everything that we were after really ticked all the boxes it was just on for a little bit too much um and at the time the estate agent said that the vendor wouldn't be open to offers. so we kind of just left it, drew a line under it and started looking at other things. Um, a few weeks later, I was just scrolling through Rightmove, as you do, and noticed that they'd um, dropped the price on it by 25 grand. So you're
0: on the market by this point?
1: I am on the market, yeah. but I don't have a buyer yeah. at this point. Yet. Okay. Um, so um, I saw that the price had been dropped by 25 grand. I'd already viewed it, so I knew what the place was like. So I just called up and offered asking price, um, explained our situation, did that honestly, said that we are... Um, marketing the property we don't have a buyer yet but we do have lots of viewings lined up standard kind of stuff the estate Mm -hmm. agent said look give me a few hours to speak to the vendor I'll come back to you later that day they said I'm pleased to say they've accepted your offer so Mm -hmm. I was like okay fantastic we were quite excited Um, and then I let the estate agent that was marketing our property know that we'd found somewhere um and we started doing more viewings and we managed to get a buyer for our place as well um this is all around august time still well yeah we're probably going into like september but okay. by now something like that yeah um it's quite hard to remember the exact timeline because so much stuff kind of went on um in the process, but. So it, it all kind of looked good. Mm. I started speaking um, with a conveyancer. I got my mortgage application in, um, and that's when I really started to like incur some cost because the mortgage lender um, wanted me to have a structural engineer's report on the property that I was buying um, in order to give me a mortgage offer. And wanted of, wanted
0: a structural engineer's report, not just a straightforward
1: mortgage. Valuation. No, yeah. So in the normal um, home buyer's report that mm. we had. Okay, um, you had they the noticed buys, yeah, something, and then
0: they thrive Yeah, logic. then
1: they asked for a structural engineers' report. Structural engineers' report turned out to be absolutely fine. And how much did that cost you, roughly? That was eight hundred pounds, just for the structural engineers', report. The structural engineers and report. and obviously the home
0: buyers' report cost you money. Yeah, exactly. Was,
1: I think that was I think they're what two fifty. Did $250 the mortgage company
0: on. offer that, or did you have to, as part of the mortgage application, or did you you have a mortgage valuation one? yeah Yeah. and then you decided to have your own home buyers survey separately yeah okay because i know some lenders will offer that as an extra yeah i think um and how much did the home buyers cost you then
1: i can't remember that's probably gonna be i think about 300 quid yeah i would have thought at least
0: that really yeah so you're already over a grand down then aren't you just on surveys
1: exactly um but thankfully the structural engineers report was okay Whatever it was that was noticed in the home buyer's report appeared to be superficial. Yeah. Didn't affect the structure integrity of the property or anything like that. Um, And I was able to um, get my mortgage offer. Good. Which was great. One of the key things here in this kind of saga, if you like, is that I managed to get my mortgage offer before all of the interest rates went crazy. I kept
0: asking you the questions as to when was this? So yeah, before that crazy budget that happened.
1: Before that crazy budget and everything suddenly flew up, I managed to get a really good rate locked in. Mm. Um, So from that kind of moment on, the clock was ticking, if you like. And my mortgage offer, was valid for six months
0: yeah. um at that point because what just to interject we that was a funny time where mortgage rates went went up and some lenders stopped lending yeah and a lot of people were like you know in in times of like crisis before like where the credit crunch happened mm-hmm. people were just pulling out yeah of their purchases um but we didn't have that we had people like you that actually so our fall throughs weren't Bad actually, mm-hmm. a few people got cold feet, but a lot of people are like, "I've got such a good rate on this mortgage, mm-hmm. I'm not going to pull out. I'm yeah. going to hold on to this." Yeah. Um, but we weren't. So we we our pipeline was staying in intact. We weren't just adding new ones to it because mm-hmm. the mortgage rates had gone up.
1: No, no, and the big on that point, the big risk or the thing that I was concerned about was that you were hearing in the news of the lenders actually pulling yeah. mortgage offers that had <clears throat> already been issued. Yeah. I'm not sure which lenders it was, but I was a little bit nervous about that, but um, thankfully the lender, I I spoke to them and they kind of said, you know, we're not planning on pulling any products. So it was all good. Um, We started, I, I got the offer. We started to move through to like the conveyancing process. I instructed the solicitor The one downside of our situation is that we did find ourselves in the middle of a rather long chain. Mm. Um, So I think it was about six properties. So not not your
0: buyer, though, because your buyer didn't have a chain or did they have a chain? They did. They they had a a forward purchase. No, so the one you're buying, so your buyer, though, on your flat, what was their position?
1: Oh, so they were um, originally, they were... They did have somebody, they they weren't involved in a chain. Yeah. They had a buyer for their place. Yeah. yeah. So we were working through with solicitors um, and essentially get to the end of September, start of October and um, our buyer pulls out. um, And And why was that? It didn't really give like an enormous amount of of explanation. Um, I think they gave quite a vague reason of like, they just wanted to view other properties or something like that. Didn't really give us um, anything specific. Um, so that was kind of the first like, um, setback if yeah. you like, and we were like, oh, God, okay. So, um, we then spoke to our forward purchase in Muscliff, explained the situation. Um, they were reasonably kind of sympathetic towards the scenario. They were like, you know, um, we want to give you some time to go and find another buyer. Obviously we can't give you forever, but start with getting some viewings, booked in and, and see what you can do. So again, property is now back on right move. We start marketing it again, start arranging viewings, having people come look around, so on and so on. In the meantime, um, Muscliffe are kind of waiting for us, giving us a little bit of time, but things are kind of going on a little bit. And I know that they had their own time constraints. So Mm. I was of the understanding that they can kind of wait around for us Mm -hmm. forever. Um, So I'm kind of, pestering our estate agent as much as I can to try and um, get viewings. and We actually ended up taking a lower offer mm. than what we originally had um, by about 8,000, just mm-hmm. to get like the second buyer uh, locked in. Um, but before that happened, it did get to the point where Muscliffe did tell us, like, look, we're going back to the market now. Mm. Um, and I ended up in this scenario where they'd gone back to the market. I- I'll never truly know exactly what happened but I feel like we were being played off against somebody else that was interested in the property, Mm. whether or not they actually existed. I I don't know whether they were Mm. just trying to get more money for the property. I'll never know. Mm -hmm. Um, But there was a situation where I was very, very close to having a buyer for ours, but I was almost losing it at the other end because Muscliffe were telling me that they were considering going elsewhere, and we ended up renegotiating the price for Muscliffe again. So, right. there's renegotiations going on. So, you, re- at both you got
0: accepted lower on your flat. Yeah. And then, for did you renegotiate lower on Muscliffe? Or?
1: Well, what I was trying to do, so I took like an eight grand hit. Yeah. Um, and without going into too much detail, with our forward purchase, we were really quite like stretching ourselves mm. in terms of what we were borrowing.
0: Um, Are you, do you mind asking me figures? So you're selling for how much? So
1: originally selling for three twenty. Okay, um, and buying for four seven five. Okay, cool. Yeah. Right. Um, which you know, just in terms of the monthly mortgage payment, um, was you know, we, we were kind of borrowing pretty close to the limit of what what we could borrow. Yeah. So when I re- so when I dropped the price on ours from three twenty down to three twelve, that eight grand hit affected me quite a lot. Mm. So I attempted like a lot of people do to like renegotiate up the chain mm. and basically see if Muscliffe could come down a lit, may, little bit, maybe they could renegotiate with their forward purchase mm. come down a little bit, the kind of, so that I wasn't the one in the chain kind of taking so the Best the
0: way to do it. Yeah. Filter it through the chain. Yeah. 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 Um,
1: which I, I, I at least attempted to do. Um, however, in doing that, it seems like Muscliff started to see what else they could get in the market. Mm. They told me they had another buyer. um And, Long story short, I did manage to end up keeping Muscliffe, um, but I wasn't able to renegotiate up the chain um, so as you much as I wanted to. So
0: you more than perhaps others?
1: Yeah. yeah. I, it it wasn't the full £8,000 deduction, but it was like
0: the majority of it. Do you know if everybody, was everybody local, you know, in that chain? Was it all Bournemouth-based, pool-based? Um, I
1: think their forward purchase was Wimbledon. Okay, so not too far.
0: Yeah. Okay. Mm. All right. So you managed to get to that point. So now you'd re-agreed muscliffe you've got a new buyer for yours yeah okay yeah so where did it go from there
1: so by this point we're probably and like
0: you've done the surveys on muscliffe so that was all you yeah. satisfied yourself on that so at least you're yeah. kind of like ahead of the game on that so yeah okay so your buyer's just
1: catching up then i suppose yeah yeah exactly um so by this point we're like into late november mm-hmm. um by the time that this has all happened um our new buyer was um seemed like a really good buyer mm. cash buyer Um, but they were on quite a time restraint because they, the property that they were leaving, Mm -mm. they owned and they were looking to, to let out, um, as like a holiday let in the new year. So they kind of were quite strict on the date that they needed to be, be out. And they were kind of like, look, if it goes past that, I'm going to have to pull out. Yeah. So we had a time constraint with them, not for mortgage offer reasons, but for, for other reasons, um, at the time, we didn't see an issue with that because we'd gone so far along in the process that we really thought that everything could be wrapped up rather, rather quickly now. Um, then the next thing that happened was Muscliffe, again, for reasons that I don't know, pulled out of their forward purchase. They, something came up in a survey that they were doing.
0: And this is the same forward purchase that they already had Yeah, from the, from the very
1: beginning. Yeah, right. Yeah, exactly um
0: so, so you, you don't know what that was then why they decided to pull out on that one no because you it's funny isn't it they're that far yeah. down the line and something yeah. them.
1: yeah seems that way mm. seems that way something with the property i, I have no idea what but something spooked them about it and they pulled out of that mm. um so again that was just another kind of setback in time for us um so then they have to go they
0: are now looking for a new property right they're now looking they're still for a new selling property. to you but they're looking for a new one
1: still selling right. to us we're still selling to our buyer but we're all kind of waiting on them to, to find a new property. Okay. Um, at that point in time, it seemed like it was still doable. It was still achievable in terms of the time, time frames. It really, it needed to be wrapped up by the end of March 23, okay, um, because so. that's when our mortgage offer expired mm. and um, our buyer needed to be letting out the property that they were currently living in. Yeah. So that was kind of the, the deadline. Um, so they managed to find another property um, that they seemed relatively happy with. They said, you know, it's great, similar area, it's everything they were after. And we started again. Um, so obviously, at this point, I'm just stationary now because I've taken, uh, in terms of like our conveyancing and everything that we've done and our buyer we've done it all like mm. we're right up to what we need to do it's really Search just a, a bag, case of yeah everything's back like, yeah. yeah um it's really just a case of like moving towards exchange but we're we're waiting on muscliffe to do it mm. obviously they're kind of starting from scratch so it's a longer process for them they yeah. you know need to instruct the searches and everything like that then of course christmas came yeah, and everything grinds to a halt. everything um in the uh sort of estate agents world and property world just a grinds minute. to a halt uh, but, over christmas mm, barely <sighs> Barely. <laughs> um, but yeah, it. we lost about two weeks over yeah. Christmas, essentially, because of that. That brought us into the new year. It seems to be plodding along quite nicely. I'm talking to my conveyancer about moving towards um, exchange. Yeah. We're starting to discuss like approximate exchange and completion dates. Yeah, like so it, this is...
0: During Christmas or just after?
1: No, this is after now. After, yeah, we're we're, January, we're yeah. in January now. Um, and everything's looking sort of reasonably quite positive. Um, then some searches took a little while for Muscliffe and there started to be like a few delays, which sort of um, aroused my suspicion. On their forward purchase. Bit, yeah. yeah. Um, but again, like the information that I was getting.
0: So just talking, and again, your agent, is they're feeding you this? How are you getting this information about that? So, about their forward purchase through Mark,
1: I suppose. No, no. So Mark, Mark, Mark is managing the um, the person buying ours. Yeah, but
0: is, he, is he? I'm sure he's checking on that. Yeah. and you're he's, getting info through your solicitors and yeah, stuff like that. Yeah, yeah so yeah,
1: a yeah. mixture actually. Like I'm getting inf- a bit of information um, from the estate agents. That's the other, other hours, thing, isn't it? It's and... trying
0: to piece together what different people are saying from different angles yeah which which is a nightmare absolutely yeah yeah. and and nobody's because people
1: relay things in different ways so yeah i'm getting drip fed information from like a variety of sources like you said trying to piece together exactly what's going on what actually is happening yeah Yeah, it's quite hard sometimes the information you get is a little bit vague there's a lot of ambiguity there and it yeah it started to become quite stressful at this point this is when it's getting difficult because you know we're now like five months into the process Um, And I feel like we're very, very close, um, but trying to figure out what's going on here is, Mm -hmm. you know, causing us a bit of a problem. Um, Anyway, long story short, by the time we got to the end of February, um, Muscliffe pulled out of their forward purchase again um, Mm -hmm. for, again, reasons that weren't just ever made know. particularly clear no um they did still say you know we still want to sell to you we like you as a buyer we still want you to have the property of course the issue that we had is that i had about six weeks left on our mortgage offer and on a really good rate on a really good rate and we that because of this we lost our buyer because as soon as they pulled out of that our buyer was like, and they, I don't have time. So you for had it. a good
0: rate that you were running out yeah. of and your buyer was running out of time for less than yeah. their outfit for yeah. Well exactly. Do you know what, if, what your rate so would have changed from to? So what was your rate and
1: what would it have gone to, do you think? Yeah, so it would have gone to about... So I might have these numbers wrong. Don't worry, I, just I think, roughly. I think, that, I, I think the rate that we locked in was about 2.8 okay. and it would have gone to five and a half. And on the amount that we were borrowing, it would have added about 550 quid onto the monthly Mm -hmm. payment. um, Which, as I mentioned earlier, we were kind of stretching ourselves anyway. Mm. um, Another 550 quid on the monthly mortgage payment is just, I, I think they would have lent it to us, but it just wouldn't have. It just wouldn't have been mm. kind of feasible. I don't, I don't want to be a slave to my mortgage payment. So. No, not at
0: all. You've got to live your life as well. Definitely. Exactly, yeah. And you've got a wedding coming up too. Exactly. You've got to pay for it. Yeah, stuff, exactly. So. Yeah, so
1: there's lots of other stuff going on in the background. But
0: So what happened next then? what? Where Where are you? So you're at the end of February now. They've pulled out on, on their purchase. They still want to sell to you, but you're running out of time on your mortgage offer. Your buyer can't wait. What happens next?
1: Um, essentially, it. I was left with... Um, a window of about six weeks to find a new buyer get a new mortgage approved or find a new forward purchase which was just impossible happen um so yeah at, at that point we kind of just had to take it on the chin mm. and of course like by this time we're six months into this as well i gotta be honest me and my fiance were just we were pretty sick and tired of it and yeah. just wanted a little bit of a break the the issue is that all of that conveyancing work that had been done, the solicitor still needs paying for that. So pursuing this purchase, all in all, with everything that we mentioned earlier, home buyers, structural engineers report, there's a small fee to the mortgage advisor for putting through the application, and then the conveyancing fees, I'm out of pocket to the tune of about £4,000. And you've got nothing for it. I've got absolutely nothing for Mm. it. We're in exactly the same situation. Um, And, you know, £4,000 certainly isn't an insignificant amount of money to somebody like me money, um, but the the thing that actually makes me resentful about the entire process is like the time and energy that went into yeah. this over such a long period of time it's,
0: there's the mental strain isn't yeah. it because yeah. uh, I'm sure there's a strain on your relationship I know you two are, are, are so tight anyway but nevertheless I'm sure there were some tears and oh mate if there's anything
1: that there's that is going to bring out a uh, a yeah. relationship argument it's it's going through a a, yeah. a purchase and the selling it's well they say yeah, some nightmare.
0: of the most stressful things in life to do are moving house yeah um you're also getting married soon which yeah. should be fun but yeah, also yeah. that could be quite stressful yeah 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 so how is Simone with all of this
1: yeah she's fine like obviously we're both really disappointed that we weren't able to move because yeah. we really liked that property and it ticked all of our boxes and it was something that you know we were really excited to to do mm. um but we've you know we, we've we've dealt with it now and it's just a case of So,
0: what are your plans then are you gonna i mean i know where you live and yeah. and i think for a young couple with no children just yet obviously yeah. um and and it's a it's a really lovely flat you've yeah a beautiful place you've got yeah. it really nicely inside you can probably cope there for a bit while longer.
1: Yeah. Um, And that's the one positive out of all of this. We're not unhappy in our current property. We're not selling because we need to, you know, we we can stay there for, for, you know, as long as we like to really, it's big enough for now. um, And we do like living there. So, you know, that is one positive out of all of course. course. But you can't help but get your hopes up, you know. Yeah, you, you kind of you,
0: you also start moving yourself into the property, don't you? Where yeah. You're buying, of course. You start thinking about what you're gonna do and the furniture yeah, yeah. and where you're gonna have it, and yeah. then all of a sudden you picture this new life that you're gonna have. But yeah. Um so you think you're gonna give it a rest now for and just wait until next year and probably we'll start next
1: is? year. Yeah, we'll see what's happening with interest rates in okay. the market next year and just the interest rates day. have
0: started to come back down a bit on mortgage. A little rates. Bit, yeah. I know you're you were uh, You've right. sold mortgages before, yeah, haven't you? Yeah, around, so you know yeah. your way around it quite yeah, well. Yeah. Because I know the, the I mean, it, a lot, yeah, a lot has to be said for that mini budget that happened, that mm. uh, misplaced budget, because that sent the markets into a complete spiral. Yeah. Um, But like we've said in a f- few podcasts and, uh, already, that, you know, we as consumers don't necessarily borrow off the Bank of England, well, we don't. Yeah. So the interest rates are a good guide. Yeah. Um, and I know they have recently gone up. Um, but I think they're probably not going to go up anymore, I think oh, that's yeah. the sort of general consensus. Mm-hmm. And what they don't like to report in the, in the media is that the last two rises, the following day or the same day, mortgage yeah. rates came down. Yeah. So I think you can get some fixed rates for under 4% now. Yeah. Um, but it's still a long way off your two and a half, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. So it is I, think what, I
1: think, <laughs> were you porting a mortgage?
0: Or are you getting no you?
1: so we did we did look at porting yeah um, but it actually worked out not the best option okay. um, to port because of what was happening with the rates so we were just going on to yeah. to a completely new new product do, what do you how do you think it could be you
0: think those sort of things could have been avoided do you think uh, I mean we talk about the legal process and this isn't a dig at solicitors or mortgage advisors or estate mm. agents or anything like that it's such an old method that we use yeah. in this country that's so ingrained and entrenched i think it'd be very difficult to change it yeah. to some extent it's it's
1: so set in its ways
0: mm.
1: obviously how what how do you what would you suggest well it is um so first of all the caveat things like i'm not trying to put conveyances out of business or anything like mm. that and i'm certainly not an expert on like the legalities of the property buying process but mm. it does seem like some kind of, the, the, the whole industry would benefit from some kind of regulation. Like, as you mentioned earlier, I come from a financial services background. Mm. You know, we're governed by the FCA and customer outcomes and um, the, the, the detriment and potential detriment of customers when dealing with an organisation is, like, absolutely paramount and kind of the pinnacle of everything that they do. Mm. And organisations like the one that I uh, working now are really heavily scrutinised on mm. whether or not people are treated fairly, whether the outcome that they're given from whatever business it is that they're engaging with in that organisation detriments them. Mm. And that just doesn't seem to exist I in think, this industry. I mean, industry. solicitors
0: are regulated. Estate agents aren't. Yeah. And will be in the future, probably. Yeah. A yeah, uh, exactly. regulation of property agents is coming in. Yeah. Which would be a good thing um, because i 've said many times before you can you could basically effectively come out of prison one day and yeah. set that state agent the next exactly. but i don 't think that was the issue with this no. was, I think the problem the problem is is that there are a lot of moving parts, yeah, and in your situation as well, you know I always say the more people in a chain, mm-hmm. the more risk there is of course because yeah. there's more people that can just change their yeah. mind yeah, I mean, I thought about this actually coming in we we had a situation. On a sale of ours as an estate agent dealing with these things after 20 odd years you kind of get thick skin to it yeah but sometimes particularly with some clients that you just really get on with yeah we actually feel it quite yeah a, as much as well yeah um, and i had a situation in in same sort of time came on the market last august house in broadstone mm-hmm. we don't we go everywhere as as foxes but Obviously, we're not a Broadstone agent, but I sold her, dad passed away a few years ago and I sold her place in Lilliput and she really liked us. So we, we, we put her place on in Broadstone about 600 grand, 625. And we agreed to sell at 600 in August. Mm-hmm. And then, um, the chain here. So it was our buyer, nothing to sell from London. Yeah. Um, cash. Yeah. Buying Julia's. And then from Julia, she was buying a place in the country. They were buying something where they were divorcing. Right. And from that divorce, the divorced couple were also buying separate properties. Right. So the chain went like this yeah. and then went like that. Yeah. And poor old Goadsby, all right, were involved in, I don't know, like four or five parts of that transaction. They probably yeah. had like 30, 40 grand's worth of fees. Or yeah, yeah. One. And here's the, the issue is our buyer on this property in Broadstone – the budget happened. Yeah. Trust budget. Yeah. The following day. Yeah. The very next day, they just changed their mind. Yeah. And they were, they were, they were like, no, we, we don't, we, yeah. we we've got cold feet. Yeah. And their one decision fe- affected, I mean, it probably affected up to 15 people. Mm. I mean, nobody really cares about the estate agent losing their 30, yeah. 40 grand, but there's businesses yeah, yeah. that are involved as well. And the guys in the office will say, I I normally take full throughs as an agent. You, you've got to take them, move on, figure out how you're going to sell it again next. Mm-hmm. But that one really kicked me yeah. in the balls. And yeah. I felt so sad. But Julia actually took it better than me. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. She's yeah. so pragmatic about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's just how one person's decision can affect. So many deep people. So when you're in a chain, that's what happens. Yep. Now, obviously, if there's no chain, which doesn't always happen when you're buying and selling in a housing, yep. in the houses, flats can be a bit like that. But the more people in a chain, and I just don't know. I think when you have so many moving parts, mm. it's difficult.
1: Yeah, and it's hard because you end up acting, and I certainly went through this, that you, you end up acting in a way that is quite um, kind of, self-centered and selfish purely because you have to be like that to kind of protect yourself because if you don't you open yourself up to being a a little bit vulnerable yeah definitely
0: Mm. you do um and that's difficult if it's not necessarily in your nature yeah as even as a maybe you might be in your business life yeah you know you have that cutting edge yeah yeah but when you're dealing with you and your wife yeah your wife-to-be yeah, yeah yeah and other families it's yeah. hard to be like that but of you course. have to look out for yourself yeah
1: and you put you know you put trust in people and you you make a deal and you kind of hope that they are going to stick to that deal and yeah. that they're, 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 they're as committed to it as you are and unfortunately that that's just not it, the case it, it sounded with these
0: people in muscliffe to, to first of all
1: they, they, they were the real problem, weren't they? I mean, it's... Yeah, yeah. I mean, in, in terms of, like, who... It, it's With the benefit of hindsight and reflecting on it, it seems like they were perhaps a little bit uh, indecisive yeah. and changed their minds a few because times. I, I did get some information that they had, like, an awful lot of other stuff going on okay. in their lives at the time. So I don't want to, like, no, no, paint no. them as, like, these awful people. But, I mean, know,
0: but... And, and also, uh, let's face it, it was your property that fell through first. Yeah. So it was your... Yeah if there was blame not blame mm-hmm. on you but it yeah. was your side of the uh transaction that mm-hmm. faltered at the beginning yeah which then made them feel a little bit and maybe they were playing you off against somebody else maybe they weren't and you didn't know yeah but it was weird how they were buying something for so long and then later on down the line got cold feet on that yeah. without doing any of that due diligence at the sort of beginning of the process when yeah. you were doing your due diligence on their house
1: yeah
0: um but i mean like things like they they tried to bring in things like home information packs back, you know, best part 15, 20 years ago, maybe. I don't know. Yeah. But none of that would have really helped that scenario either because that was a pack of stuff which, you know, supposedly would have mm. lots of information in it before you even make an offer. Yeah, You know, things like searches and stuff, energy mm. performance certificates, the title documents and stuff yeah. like that. So they've thought about trying to bring in some things to make the process a bit more seamless but that was then pulled because the information in there was pretty useless anyway yeah Uh, i mean i know scotland have a different process and obviously other countries do as well but
1: i think in terms of the root cause like the way it is at the moment you're very much at the mercy of other people's um decisions and Mm. if there are last minute changes of heart yeah then that can impact you quite a lot in terms of our scenario like you know, we we've been through this, but me and my fiance will live to fight another day, and we'll you know course, we'll, yeah. we'll get back on the search, and you know eventually we will we'll find somewhere. But it, it does get me thinking. You know, if there are people involved in this process who are perhaps in in some way vulnerable, um, uh, then you know the the exposure for them to be taken advantage of or detrimented in some way mm-hmm. is is absolutely enormous. So I I think the only way you could truly improve the process. And the actual practicalities of working this out and putting it into into force, I've I've no idea how you would even start. But some kind of financial commitment Mm. earlier in the process, I think, would avoid this type of situation occurring. Because at the moment, people can just make offers on a whim, Mm. not really being committed to the property. And then just pull out later on down the line yeah. if they if they fancy it uh, right up until exchange people right exchange up until the ex- to the exchange, and you know that person it it may have come to light that they were never particularly committed to the mm. property they were just kind of having it there as a um, as a safety net while they were trying to pursue something else, yeah. but you know the impact of that decision on the other people in the chain can really be quite large, so I think you're right I mean yeah that would that would avoid that uh, some sort of non-refundable.
0: But you'd have to make sure that you've done all your due diligence yeah. before. And therefore, you if you've got chains of people, you have to also try and align all of those things up yeah. almost simultaneously yeah. so you can then lock that chain in. Yeah. And then, I mean, things could still happen. And, and you know, uh, you never know what might happen to somebody which you can't avoid. Yeah. But, I mean, we do auctions. We do sort of online auctions uh, where that this kind of thing doesn't happen as often yeah, because we actually take a a fee from the buyer at the point that the sale is agreed, not not exchanged or completed. Yeah. And it's a significant fee. So we do a marketing campaign and I'm not suggesting this would be good for you because it it only works, it applies in certain different markets, but where they, they do all their due diligence before we get a legal pack, um, and they have three or four weeks to do all of their due diligence if they want to. And when mm-hmm. they're happy, obviously there'd be an auction date mm-hmm. or they could offer before the auction date, but yeah. they still have to put that fee down yeah. and they don't get it back. So they only give away that fee when they're happy that they've, they've done all of their research. But something like that has to be um has to be a good thing. But like I say, it's it's such an old fashioned system.
1: Yeah, I think like it just seems to me like, and again, I don't know well enough to really talk about it mm. um with, with any authority but it seems like to me that these laws haven't been updated in a really no, long time no there's a time. lot of no no and, and in an age where everything is managed digitally now it seems like mm. all of the laws haven't been brought up to speed with that i agree
0: but i do think the the issue with this one was too many moving parts yeah yeah yeah, yeah. but I, I
1: don't think I don't think you will ever avoid change. No. Like no, you can't. Because, you can't. People,
0: because people need up, somewhere to live. They and, move and, yeah. up the market, move down the
1: market, and you yeah. can't. Yeah, absolutely. So it's just a, trying to find a way in which you, can you know, the chain premium. can be managed a little bit better, and that you know the the other people in the change aren't as impact aren't impacted as heavily yeah. if one person does decide to change their mind, or you make it harder for that person to change their mind by there being some kind of penalty for pulling out after a certain point. That would probably put people off pulling out so kind of frequently. Yeah.
0: The problem is you've got lots of different estate agents in that as well. Yeah. And some are good and some are bad. Yeah. I have no doubt that your agent, we're joking aside, you've got two or three agents that are your close mates. And I know... Pretty much all of them, and they're all really good. Yeah, so there's no issues there at all. You've also got other agents, and this is why I say you know solicitors are regulated, agents aren't. And there yeah. are some really, really NAF agents. so some yeah. really good ones.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, yeah. And experience in these situations is yeah. massive. Yeah, um, we've got um, a sales progression team. So mm-hmm. we have Naomi and Joanne. They're self-employed. They're not employed by us, but they work for us, mm-hmm. and they are a go-between between the solicitor and all the other agents involved. So what they, they have is there's a like a platform, which as a buyer and as a seller, they'd give you a login and a password. Mm-hmm. So it's a whole platform, which you can see the transaction process. Yeah. So the theory is, is if I'm, if it's like Easter Sunday or mm-hmm. and you think, oh God, Ben's not working today, because yeah. I don't work seven days a week. Really? Yeah. No, I that get, surprises get, me. Game of golfing every now and again. Yeah. Um. But I'm not working all the time and and you have a platform that you can log into and it will say, there's like a flow chart, it will say contract received on this date, Uh, searches applied on this date, we expect the results of the searches to come back on this date. And the thing is, if there's gaps there. Then you know you something needs chasing, yeah, and yeah, and there's notes that go on, and then Joe will speak to all the agents and de blah, blah. So that helps. I'm not yeah. saying it's it's, but you still can't avoid it.
1: Well, there's definitely a uh, lack of transparency. Yeah, I would say, um, and I don't know. You know, it may perhaps if estate agents were to be um, regulated a little more closely, yeah, 100%. perhaps the information that they're passing to customers and potential customers yeah. could be um, managed a little better.
0: This is what the flow chart looks like, just in case some of our customers are interested. Um, so for example, if we went to this one, so there, there you go, it will say, look, memorandum, yeah. initial documents gone out, draft contracts, yeah. inquiries raised, mortgage offer. Cool. and stuff like that here so that's quite useful but it yep. won't avoid it and i think that the overall sentiment is when you've got more than one moving part i think that's where the issues lie
1: yeah
0: well good luck when you have another go mate thanks very much good luck and um if i can't sell you a your house i'll try and find you a house to buy that would
1: be absolutely perfect you could. thank you
0: so well, you we we you've come in. We're going to talk about your um your side. Is it? Can I call it a side hustle?
1: Uh, yeah, kind I'm of. I to? Suppose side project. Side project. Yeah. Side yeah. project. So hustle sounds a little bit like uh, too much. Like I'm doing something something dodgy. Yeah. And you are
0: definitely not dodgy. <laughs> no. You're in an industry that can't be anymore. Really, can it? I not suppose. really. No.
1: I'm regulated. It's, yeah, uh, and yeah, I work for. One of the largest organisations in that industry. So yeah. the scrutiny that we get from Yes yes is, yeah. It's really big, player, yeah. isn't it? And rightfully so. Absolutely. Text customers. Completely. Um, so you are known
0: as Matt, the management guy. So yeah. I saw... right. Can you see the likeness?
1: I can see the likeness. <laughs> One of my language students did that for me. Oh, really? Yeah, shout out very Juan funny. in Argentina. Oh, nice one. I'm not sure how many viewers you get of this in Argentina, but what? if you're watching, Juan, thanks very much. Funnily enough, when we looked at the demographics of where people were lo- searching
0: and looking at it from, because you yeah. can do it on like the Spotify platform where we yeah. upload it and stuff. Well, you yeah. can look at it on YouTube as well. Somebody was viewing it in Norway last week. Really? And we've had Thailand, uh, Germany, um, oh. I think... That was because I knew somebody was in Germany at the time. Okay, right. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, it's yeah. It's, it's, it's
1: international.
0: Yeah, Tom. Yeah, yeah, global. Um, yeah, global. So, so th- this is funny. So I saw this this character pop up on my LinkedIn page, and I think at one point you liked you, you tried to connect with me, and at the time I didn't know. Was anything to do with you. Right. But then you then put something on about this Beef Wellington, and I thought, hang on a minute. Yeah. This is you. So talk to me about it. so Matt the Management Guy. What's this all about then?
1: Um, uh, yeah, so Matt the Management Guy is a side project mm-hmm. that I've started predominantly on LinkedIn. Mm-hmm. Um I kind of start from the beginning. So um throughout my career, I've worked as a manager, worked as a company um director as well um i've worked for a large organisation for the last um 9 years um and i've worked as a manager in that organisation for the last uh 6 years um and uh, some point, I can't remember um, exactly when, I really got quite interested in the theory behind management and leadership, specifically people management. Um, and I spoke to the learning and development rep in my company. And long story short, my company agreed to um, fund in partnership with the apprenticeship scheme. Government-led apprenticeship scheme, a master's degree in management. That's leadership. awesome! I think I've um, got a picture. There it is. Yeah. <laughs> wow. um, so yeah, not only did I get the master's degree, but I also became a chartered fellow um, with the Chartered Management Institute, um, which means that uh, so i sat next to you as a chartered fellow right now. So yeah. You. Yeah. Oh, that so just uh, doesn't seem right. Yeah, I know. I can't. You as I know you. I can't possibly be more qualified you as are a, uh, you got a some manager.
0: yeah I know yeah that is so ch- level 7 right yeah level 7 yeah I did my research yeah good level 7 yeah chartered fellow yeah that is as high as you can get for management so what so you did a, this degree and I remember yeah. you doing that degree yeah how many years did that take
1: uh, two years because it's a master's, which is normally. <laughs> oh, there you are. <laughs> uh, uh, oh, I should have Always
0: looking so cool. Really? You yeah. Think so? no, Thanks for am Gonna want a belt, but never mind.
1: Yeah, I didn't, right, of... I didn't have the right. I didn't have the right color belt. It's quite to cool. to not wear a
0: belt these days, is it? Is it? I don't oh, know. No. So you did your management degree. Yeah. How many years did it take? Sorry. Did two, years. It, two years. Two years. Two right. years because it was
1: part time. I was working full time and then yeah. really doing this um in evenings and weekends. So all of this was from home.
0: Yeah, and
1: any exams or dissertations that you had to do? So there was supposed to be one exam, which was in the accountancy module, but thanks to the pandemic, they weren't doing exams. Okay. So that got changed to an assignment. Um, but then... that was a result. Um, Who knows? Yeah, who knows? Um, I mean, I I don't really mind exams so much. Um, But I did do... So when you do a master's, it's not a dissertation, it's a thesis. Okay. Um, And I did write a thesis um, on uh, emotional resilience Mm -hmm. um, in the workplace, in sales organisations specifically. Um, And, yeah, that was kind of my my final piece of work um, before I managed to graduate. Cool.
0: So then you... Have set up Matt, the management guy. Yeah. So you carry on with that then. Yeah.
1: So having completed the uh, the degree at Cranfield, so that's why you did the degree for. Yeah, that's right. Um, Quite a uh, quite a highly recognised school from. From what I'm told. It ranks quite highly. I have no idea, mate. <laughs> they left the riffraff in. Yeah. Fun funnily enough, like when I went to my first lecture, I was actually quite intimidated by the other people in the class. Really? There's like some seriously sharp cookies really? there. Yeah. Like where I am in my career, I was definitely one of like the most junior people, like in that Ray, room. Like, I gotta say though, talk as I'm talking to Anna
0: about you coming in this yeah. morning, Anna, my wife. And no, you're a sharp cookie though, mate. And mm, and, and there you know. are, and I think you've always been very astute well thank you no that's okay i think you've always liked to sort of learn a bit and yeah uh what is it self-progression and all that kind of stuff yeah. you're pretty good at that yeah, yeah i did, try to yeah even personally in fitness you did boxing yeah you have a great boxing career was it three and oh one.
1: one and oh <laughs> <laughs> even worse? <laughs> love it so yeah i um so completed that and then i was kind of carried on you know working in my regular day job and i wanted to kind of do something on the side, because I always like to have something else to kind of keep me occupied um, away from work. And I came up with the idea of having kind of, I I thought like I've amassed all of this information through doing my degree. um, And, you know, I am definitely much better at my job and much better as a manager and a business leader for having done that degree and I thought you know perhaps I could share some of the information that I've learned yeah. um, along the way and Matt the management guy was, is kind of was born at that point brilliant. and that is the LinkedIn page so the reason that it's a pseudonym is that as I've mentioned throughout this, I do have a day job yeah. um, and this kind of needs to be kept separate from, from what my day job is. Um, so Matt, the management guy, was the pseudonym that I selected and kind of the plan with it really is just to share as much management and leadership um, information as possible. Throughout my degree, I did 14 um, assignments right. all on various different aspects of management and leadership. And I'm kind of using those assignments to condense them down into kind of like punchy blog type articles. And I've seen you've released a couple of blogs already. Yep. Yeah, Yeah, that's exactly right. Um, And I'm going to release those kind of every few weeks. So what are the first two blogs on then? Um, So the first one is in relation to the recruitment market um, and how employers can um, better retain the existing staff that they have. The recruitment market is very difficult at the moment um, from the recruiter's point of view. Why is that? Um, There's So candidates at the moment in the jobs market have quite a lot of options. Um, And the landscape post-pandemic, the work culture has changed forever and the demands that candidates now have when considering who to work for are very, very different from what they were before the pandemic. You know, basic things like The majority of people now expect to be able to work from home. Mm. Um, They also expect to be able to have certain benefits included as part of their employment package that maybe didn't exist five Mm. or ten years ago. Quite a change Um, in what's happened with that,
0: which is probably not a bad change for
1: these candidates, is it? Yeah, and that can make it very hard for employers to attract talent. Mm. It really is um, quite a difficult process. I've been through it myself, recruiting, especially within our local area of Mm. Um, It's It can be a real challenge. Um, So the first article was really based on how you can retain staff So you don't actually have to dive into the murky waters of recruitment in the first place Mm -hmm. Um, How you can keep the talent that you've got And make sure that they're happy and engaged and motivated and working hard Um, And the second article which I published yesterday Is around management consultancy So there's a lot of management consultancy firms out there offering their services See if I can get Um, your website
0: up while we're on it
1: Yep, Um, mapmanager.co.uk And this is kind of like um, just an explanation of what management consultants do, how they can help businesses. So, here we go. um, Whether or not you need one, um, and kind of if you are considering um, working with a management consultant. Um, kind of, uh, there's kind of five key points that you can work through um, on, to see if it's the right decision. Yeah. I can't remember. You can't You'd remember. you have to look at the article. <laughs> <laughs>
0: um, <laughs> I love that. You put so much time and effort into it. You just, just bled it all out. Yeah,
1: I mean, like... the truth is I actually have most of the articles written already. So this one, I, I wrote... Um, I wrote that quite a few months ago. Yeah, no, fair so, play. Yeah. So what so what's the
0: what's the next? have you got another article coming up? Do, what do is that a secret? Is it what's uh what's yeah, that
1: will be revealed in due course. Okay. Yeah. How often do you wanna release these? Um, every kind of few weeks at the moment. They'll be they'll gradually kind of be released. Um, and like the key thing is that the, the information that, that I give out, it will always be free. I'm never yeah. going to charge for it. Um, it's just something that I want to do and put out there. And if business owners um, and managers choose to engage with me throughout that process and, you know, somewhere along the line. And um, how
0: how would you expect them to engage with you? Um you know face to face over the phone through LinkedIn and yeah just, you, you just want to collaborate I suppose exactly that. open conversations
1: exactly that yeah. yeah initially it will be through LinkedIn that's kind of where I'm pumping out all of this stuff yeah I'll share okay. my links to the website um, via LinkedIn and that's where I kind of do uh, fairly regular posts on anything topical that could affect managers in business or, or um, owners of small and medium enterprises okay for you mate and thanks for the opportunity to uh to let to me plug it out yeah
0: yeah you should do you should look at doing some you not thought about doing any training or anything like that i suppose yeah, your day possibly. job is is your most is your priority yeah it yeah of course because you, yeah. you've only just recently sort of moved to a different section within your company yeah. haven't you yeah that's right so um it didn't you didn't change company per se but you had no. a different job within that so yeah congratulations on Thank that you. And i know you're doing really well and i've got to be honest i would say things like this is an example and I'm not just bigging you up here but and because I know what you are like as a real person but no you are you're you're, you're <laughs> yes. a very diligent guy and this is an example and you you'd be a credit to any company that that take you on because very kind for that all that learning that you've done and you know the the degree and this mm. yeah it makes me look at it and I think I'm so proud
1: oh thanks I'm so mate out of you yeah well so, you know you did uh, I did meet you when I was probably about 12 or 13 and you were always that cool guy who was a little bit older. So I'm not that much older, mate. Well, what is it? Well, I'm in my forties. So yeah. 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 Forties a long way off. But I like maybe, the cool so. guy a bit. Yeah.
0: Um, but yeah, you know, maybe you contributed somewhere along the line. Perhaps, maybe I had a, a an influence somewhere down there. Yeah, not yeah. the type
1: of influence not that right, led to this. Not the right kind of influence. <laughs> definitely an influence. Yeah. Thanks very much for having me. Yeah. Thanks and, for coming uh, on.
0: And look, hard luck about the sale. It yeah. will happen. Yeah. um I think get your wedding out. You're going to get your wedding out of the way? Yeah. Get your wedding get out of the done. way. Can't wait. Yeah. Going to Italy. It's gonna yeah. It's going to be awesome. Should be fun. And then, um yeah. And then just put it on with a proper estate agent when you're ready. Well done. <laughs> Cheers, mate. Hey, nice one, mate. Thank you. Thank you for coming you. in, man. Cheers. Cheers mate.